Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, we're here today to talk about a very interesting topic. Again, bringing in one of our friends from PFF, Arjun Menon. Arjun, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, happy to be talking football on a, on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. So excited to jump into this topic. Yeah, this is, this is a good one, too. And uh, uh, Arjun does some outstanding stuff for PFF. In fact, all the PFF interns we've had a great time having on the show. Uh, it, you work in the R&D department. You work for Eric Eager, correct? Yes. Okay. 
and uh, and all kinds of interesting studies. Uh, always uh, love to talk football with them when I get a chance. And Arjun's been on about three or four times now. But uh, going to talk today about yards before contact and yards after contact in the rush game, something that's of very great interest to the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, and um, when we, when we t- start talking about kind of the progression of um, how it's impacted the Ravens. I think there's a lot of interesting ideas that we can kind of build off of and some interesting uh, topics that we can talk about um, in, in relation to this idea. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of just created it as a, as a way to just like see like what teams stood out where and like which teams were above average in both or like which teams had, you know, had running backs that generated a lot of yards after contact, but maybe weren't put in the best situations before contact. So that was kind of like the premise behind um, me creating the graph I did yesterday. All right, let's put that up on the screen here. Uh, so this is from 2021 only. Yeah. So Ravens have a little bit different situation. Uh, Lamar Jackson's not with the team the whole year. And the running back situation, a complete mess, frankly, with some older vets being brought in to replace a couple of guys who were great stylistic fits for the offense, for Roman's offense. One power guy in Gus Edwards and a uh, you know, very elusive and also powerful runner in J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. And so, you know, as we can see on the graph, Ravens are have the second had the second highest yards before contact per attempt but had a below average yards after contact per attempt. So kind of before we talk about the Ravens, I wanted to like share um, the four steps that I like the four ways I kind of interpreted yards before contact per attempt. And I'm going to rank them in like in, in uh, order of its like importance. So first I kind of like attribute yards before contact per attempt to good offensive line play. I think that can generate a lot of holes for running mm-hmm. backs to hit and you're not facing D linemen as much as much as you're facing linebackers and safeties. So first up, you know, if you have a good offensive line that probably helps your yards before contact. Second, um, I would attribute uh, this to good offensive coordinators or good head coaches scheming up good run plays to where running backs aren't taking on defense alignment as much, or they, you know, they're putting their offense alignment in running backs or quarterbacks, because this is including quarterbacks right now in good situations to hit holes or get them in open space. Third, um, I would also uh, partially attribute this to um, a quarterback's mobility and how much influence they have in the run game. As you can see, the top four teams are the Ravens, the Eagles, the uh, Chiefs, and the Bills. The, the Ravens and the Eagles have like a read option style, style offense or, you know, the Ravens used to, but the Eagles heavily lean on the run game in 2021. And they had a dominant offensive line to do that, which is why I think they're number one. And even though the, the Bills and the Chiefs are two of the most pass happy teams in the NFL, uh, they ran, you know, the Chiefs ran a ton of RPOs last year because of the way that uh, defenses were playing them. And then obviously Josh Allen is, is an athletic freak. So that, you know, QB mobility is very important. And then finally, um, running back explosiveness, I think matters a little bit in this metric in yards before contact. And, um, you know, that's something the Ravens were desperately lacking last year from the running back room. Okay. So a lot to unpack there, but that's great stuff. Really appreciate you taking through this. The first is I look at this graph as a whole. And one of the things I look for when I see a, a XY graph of any sort is whether there's correlation between the two things. I don't see a particularly strong correlation. I'm not seeing a line to me. I'm not saying there's nothing, but do you have a correlation coefficient for this? But not, none of it says linear relationship between these yeah, two things. Uh, that's a great point. So I looked into it yesterday and I looked in I looked into it going back to 2014. So I looked at it from 2014 to 2021 and then 2017 to 2021. 
So interestingly enough, the 2017 to 2021 years, I kind of like attributed to like the NFL changing to a wide zone scheme with Kyle Shanahan and McVay getting hired there. The correlation coefficient was like negative 0.15. So hmm. as your yards per contact increase, your yards after contact would decrease. But, but just, just to be yeah. clear, negative 0.15 is virtually no correlation. Yeah, exactly. But then when I look back to 2014, there was a correlation of negative 0.4, which is pretty significant in football. That's yeah. almost like quarterback stability. So I'm not, you know, that that's a little interesting. I'm not sure, you know, why that jump happened. I think, you know, like I said, I, I partially attributed. That's why I wanted to look at 2017 to 2021. 20, Maybe it was a different, it was different run schemes being, being um, brought onto the NFL. And in 2014 through 2016, Maybe there were some different run schemes that allowed um, uh, that caused this giant gap in correlation between the two time periods. But but yeah, that there is a significant t- a correlation when you look and increase the sample size back to 2014. It's that's very interesting. So it's 2014 to 2016 is the 0.4 correlation because just just to uh, talk in general terms for people who may not know what correlation coefficient is. It's uh, R is between plus one and minus one with plus one representing a, a perfect linear relationship, not necessarily at a certain slope, but a perfect linear relationship between two variables. Uh, so one predicts the other directly uh, by some line. Um, and then uh, a, a negative one would be it inversely predicts it, meaning it's 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 uh, x a higher x predicts a lower y, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you get a, a a downward sloping line, but otherwise exactly predicted by a line at minus one. So it's uh, when when we, you see things that are close to zero, it means there's almost no relationship between two variables. Mm-hmm. Things when when a when a variable is out there and it's something like 0.4, that is very very significant correlation mm-hmm. certainly from the actuarial world. And and I'd love I'd love for your theories on that. And first of all, define the period is 2014 to 2016 and then 2017 on. Separated. You know, it's, so the 0.4 it goes from 2014 to 2021. Unbelievable. So even yeah. with the negative 0.015 for a five year period at the end of that, you add three years at the beginning and you've got this massive correlation. Yeah, I again, it's a tough one to kind of like quantify and, and think about. Um, I guess I guess the only real idea I could have is like the 2014, 2016 teams were were playing a lot more single high or defenses were playing a lot more single high. So you have an extra guy in the box. So um, if you if you increase your yards before contact per attempt, that means you're decreasing your yards after contact, which means, you know, running backs were probably facing a little bit more heavier boxes. So even if they got a little bit more yards before their first um, point of contact, they probably had more players around them, which made it harder for them to get a lot more yards after contact. That's that's my theory. Um, you know, I, I'm not I, it's something definitely like that could be worth diving deeper into. Well, what you could I think it, it, that could be possible, particularly at the end of games, since so many running attempts are kind of forced running attempts or time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, work on time. And maybe we've got less of that today with, you know, offenses doing more of what Jackson and the Ravens or, uh, you know, Hertz and other other quarterbacks have done to try and uh, run efficiently rather than just run yeah. to close out a game. Yeah. All right. All right. Outs- outstanding stuff here. So this is just 21. And let's take a look at the Ravens for a second because everybody here is interested yeah. in the Ravens. The Ravens are on the right side. They're slightly below the yards at uh, the average in terms of yards after contact per attack. And the, the scale of this chart would would kind of 
belies something that's worse for the Ravens than it is. They had 2.7, it looks like, yards after contact per attempt relative to a league average of maybe, maybe they were 2.75 and the league average is 2.85. Sam, sound right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, so that's not too much, too terrible, but they were way above the league average in terms yeah. of yards before contact per attempt. So they were at, the, the league average looks like it was at 1.3. And if, you, if you're wondering why I'm reading out these numbers, I know some, some of you will be listening to this on a podcast. I just wanted to give you as much as possible. And we're at, what, 1.85 again, maybe, in terms of the yards before contact per attempt? A little, little bit less. I'd say like 1.82. Okay. So, but it, but it, 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 0.52 more in terms of yards, sorry, um, than the league average in terms of yards before contact. And that... In this case, that's about 40% more than the league average in terms of about, yards before exactly. contact. That's yeah. remarkable. Yeah. and But this is the interesting part, which I want to get to in my next graph, which is when I filtered out quarterback runs, Great. look <laughs> at like the Ravens' yards before contact fell from 1.84 to about 1.59. Like that's like a, about like a, a 0.3 yard difference or 0.25 yard difference when you filter out Lamar's runs. And and this goes back to my my point that I was like yards before contact is partially driven by running back or quarterback explosiveness. You don't have Lamar Jackson um, getting to the second level. Um, you're you're kind of relying on like Devontae Freeman doing that for most and Latavius Murray doing that for most of the season last year. And they're not the most explosive runners, especially since they're they're not on their rookie contract anymore, and they they've kind of gone through the progression of having a ton of volume in the NFL. So I think this was a pretty interesting one. Um, and some someone prompted me to make this from Twitter, so um, I think this was an interesting graph. I, I appreciate that. I, I think I asked you yesterday too about this. That's great I, I, that you could do this. Um, the uh, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, Lamar Jackson is still an eleventh man to defend, mm-hmm. so he's still providing those running backs yards before contact. And I think that's the point you were making before, right? About the just having him there is improving the other players. Yeah, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna highlight something that my friend at uh, formerly a PFF, but still one of my good friends, Tate Seth. I know you've had him on the podcast mm-hmm. before. You know, he he kind of looked into Lamar's gravity and like the thing with Lamar is like every time he hands the ball off to a running back, the running back instantly has an expected yards of like point point oh three or point oh five above the league average. So he's already giving running backs like a head start when he hands the ball off to them. But, you know, when when your top two guys are missing due to season ending injuries, it's tough to really like take advantage of that, which I think we see in this graph. Now, 0.03 or 0.05 still wouldn't explain the 0.2 something difference yeah. for, for the. So so you, you, you made the four points here. So offensive line play for the Ravens, I think, would have actually been a detriment last year. Uh, maybe not as bad as it was in terms of pass blocking. But in the in the yeah. I guess the Ravens did have a good interior offensive line that might have helped them. Yeah. Um, and so I think this, this is a, that's a really good point, which is why I really want to talk about the next graph. I mean, the Ravens in 2020 were just complete outliers. And part of that was having Ronnie Stanley and Orlando Brown healthy. And or Stanley was only healthy for a couple of games Absolutely. in 2020. Yeah. But I mean, Orlando Brown is still an upgrade over Alejandro Villanueva, especially in the run game. So and I mean, in 2020, they damn near averaged 2.4 yards before contact, which which is like really, really impressive. And um, I think the I think the point here was so in 29 and I'm going to fast forward real quick because in 2019, you can see the Ravens didn't really have a great yard before contact. And I think part of this is because teams didn't respect 
Lamar in the passing game. Because if you remember in mm. 2018, didn't really show much as a passer in the playoff game. Uh, you know, the Chargers defense kind of, you know, tricked him up a little bit. So teams didn't respect him in the passing game. So I think what happened was linebackers bit against the run a little bit more and they stopped the, they did an okay job stopping the run and getting um, hands on uh, players before contact. But that opened up a ton of stuff in the passing game for the Ravens, which led to Lamar's MVP season. So going back to 2020, teams stopped biting hard against the run or teams stopped um, trying to stop the run as much because they knew Lamar could get the ball down the field, which is why I think the yards before contact jumped pretty high in, in 2020. Do you, do you have a, a 2019 and 2020, do you have a, a quarterback filtered out graph for each? I, I don't. Um, okay. I don't for that. I'm sorry. Let me just make the point that that for, for those of you listening to this on a podcast, the Ravens are at approximately 2.4, maybe 2.38 or something yards before contact per attempt. The next highest team in the entire NFL is New England, and they're in the, what, 1.85 range? Yep. Okay. That is... That is about as absurd as Ron Hunt getting hit by 50, the pitch 50 times and the next guy in the National League being nine. I mean, it's just this is this is a absurd outclassing the league. And, and it's it's not the year I would have expected it. I mean, obviously, the 2019 team was terrific, uh, but it but the uh, it, you know, had good offensive linemen across the board. 2020 team had had more problems with some of the right tackle play in particular after uh, after Ronnie Stanley was hurt. Um, but also, you know, other places on the line. This is just this is very surprising. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, going, you know, I, I wanted to look at things in like three year periods as well, just to list off some stats for for people. Um, you can you know, this isn't something we have to look at. Here are the yards before contact um, filtering out scrambles and sneaks. So this can include quarterback designed runs like read options and stuff, but this is like filtering out when a quarterback drops back and, and scrambles and all that. And, and also running back and keeps running back handoffs and QB designed runs. Lamar Jackson's yard before contact from 2019 to 2021, 3.1. That's the, the NFL average is like 1.3, 3.1 for Lamar Jackson, JK Dobbins, 2.48, Gus Edwards, 1.83. So all of those three above the league average when it comes to yards before contact kind of shows, you know, I think part of that is playing with Lamar. I think that gives them a ton of opportunities in the run game because linebackers don't have the ability to kind of, you, you have to account for Lamar Jackson in some sort of way. Like either you have a weak side linebacker or a weak side defensive end that has to hold their ground in case Lamar keeps the ball. So that's one less defender focused on the running backs. And which is why, you know, the Ravens always have one of the best rushing attacks year in and year out. Okay. That I would agree with all of that. I, I would, I guess I would I throw in another question here because I would have expected a pretty strong correlation over 19 through 21, over any period, you're telling me it really does. It does exist over 2014 to 21, which is interesting, but 2019 through 21, I really would have expected a strong correlation between yards before contact per attempt and yards after contact per attempt. And one of the, one of the reasons is what I often talk about on my show is that if you get good second level opportunities, first, first contact in the second level opportunities for your running back, they're engaging against smaller men. Mm -hmm. And that is a great opportunity to break, break plays and make longer plays but come to think of it you also need speed 
in those situations to get some really long runs because they pump up your averages. Anybody who knows, you know, how a 75 yeah. yard run often will just uh, jump your average by almost a yard per carry, you know, even halfway through the season. Uh, it, it, you need some of those to fuel um, a, a lot of that. I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, why in 2019 we saw what effectively looks like an inverse correlation for the Ravens between YBC and YAC? Yeah, so I think I kind of hinted at it just because I think teams were so focused on stopping Lamar in the run after what he showed in that playoff performance. They didn't really respect his passing game. And I, I believe that's the year you guys had Mark Ingram and you know he's, mm -hmm. he's a pretty physical runner so he can generate a lot of yards after contact, which is partially why you know the Ravens were, were fourth. And also having Gus Edwards on, on the team at that time also helps as well, Gus the bus. That's his nickname for a reason. Um, so yeah, I think I think the inverse relationship is interesting. And like I said, I think part of that is just because of how the league saw Lamar after a, an okay 2018 finish where he was kind of doing most of the damage with his legs and not his arms. But um, as I showed in my graph in 2020, teams had to respect Lamar Jackson a little bit more. And even though 2020 wasn't like an MVP season for Lamar, um, the Ravens still had one of the most potent rushing attacks in the NFL. Right. All right. Outstanding stuff here. Now, if I'm a, uh, a person who doesn't like Greg Roman for some reason, I think there's, there's a lot of folks out there who are Baltimore fans who are not real big fans of him, but, but I am. And, and I think that, you know, he deserves a lot of the credit uh, for obviously what's happened with the Baltimore run game. He certainly designed it. Is there anything even remotely negative about Roman's scheme within these graphs? Because it seems like a lot of the yards before contact per attempt, as you mentioned, scheme is one of the factors mm -hmm. that that helps you get there. Is, is Roman entirely um, uh, benefiting from who Lamar Jackson is? Or is Roman's scheme a contributor, do you think, in a positive way to what the Ravens have been able to achieve run-wise? I think he's definitely a contributor. I wouldn't say it's it's he's like the full package because, like I said, there's other factors involved with offensive line play and, and quarterback mobility. Because like even when – but I do think it's important because even with Tyler Huntley at the helm for the second half of the season, the Ravens were still, you know, way above the league average in terms of, in terms of yards before contact per attempt. So – even though like Huntley is a mobile quarterback, no quarterback is really comparable to Lamar in terms of their athleticism and, and agility. So I think you have to give credit to him, especially in the run game, um, something that the Ravens have been near the top of the league at for the past three years. What you know, what he brings to the table in the past game in terms of in terms of his play calling is, you know, that's I think that real talking point because that kind of hampers the Ravens in the playoffs when you need to be able to pass the ball to win and beat teams like the Chiefs and the Bills. But, but in terms of his running um, play calling or his rush play calling specifically, I think he's done a tremendous job. And, you know, even with all the offensive line injuries and, and running back injuries last year, the Ravens still had an above average rushing attack. All right. Arjun, do you happen to have the 2021 data split out for Huntley and Jackson? I do not. I, I just have the, uh, the whole... Okay. The whole data no no problem we know a lot of things changed with uh with lamar out of there including a much different target situation in their passing game that that wasn't as good but uh great stuff uh as always anything else we, we need to talk about i don't want to cut you off if you've got more to to show here um in, ter in terms of the graphs no i think i i was able to get everything i wanted to talk about i guess the the last thing is um 
another idea of like how the, the league has kind of changed their stance on Lamar um, since he's taken over as quarterback in, in 2021 teams bit against play action when Lamar was the starting quarterback, the least amount at, like since, since he's taken over, which kind of shows that like teams aren't um, there aren't biting as much against the run because they're expecting play action showing they kind of do value Lamar as a passer and, and what he brings to the table in, in the passing game, especially in play action showing you know that that's one of the metrics we're trying to use to evaluate gravity like a player's gravity at pff okay so you, you i think you said just two contradictory things about 2019 it doesn't mean they can't fit together or they can't each be factors but just to just to clear clarify that originally you said they didn't respect lamar jackson as a passer in 2019 after he'd been exclusively pretty much a runner in 2018 not a particularly efficient passer yeah and then you said that they bid on play action actually less in 2019 than more. they bit more on it. Okay. Then that's in line. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So from 20, so this is interesting. 28 from 2018 to 2019 teams bit more against play action against the Ravens because they, like I said, they were trying to stop the run, which explains their point in the graph here, but going from 20, 20 uh, from 2020 to 2021 teams bid less against play action against the Ravens. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, so I'll tell you as an analyst, one of the problems I have is defining play action for Lamar Jackson, because he doesn't do the typical turn your back on the field play action. Mm -hmm. He does the, uh, what I call a forward facing fake where he, we can go to the mesh and occasionally he goes to the mesh, but that's actually very rare that he goes to the mesh on a pass play. If he goes to the mess, it's usually indication that it's going to be a run play. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. Like, I'm I'm not the one who charts play actions and stuff for PFF, so I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm like too in line with how they define a play action pass. But you know, there's a lot of smart analysts, and they've been they've been trained by people who work for the league. So I, I'm sure they they have a good grasp on a what what a play action is. All right, outstanding. So it, I I know it, it the the definition you use has to include these these forward facing mesh fakes uh, and the and a lot of them are just hand checks and mm -hmm. obviously the 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 side the sideways play action fakes that you see out of out of pistol for example or even out of uh, under center quarterbacks where they move to the side they can be of various levels of intricacy they don't always mm -hmm. turn their back all the way on the field but um yeah that that uh, it, in jackson's case there's this large group of forward facing fakes and really a, a relatively small group of turn your back to the field play action which you can you can run that out of pistol or you can run it from under center so jackson even though he takes almost all his shot uh, uh shots in uh, snaps in the shotgun mm -hmm. he still is able to run turn your back play action but it's just not as prevalent for him yeah all right fantastic stuff arjun I, I as always i appreciate you coming on and explaining this tell people where they can find your work um you can find me on twitter at arjun menon 100 um you can also find my work at pff um you know i just go to my search up like pff arjun on google and you should be able to go to my bio and see some of the articles i've put out but again thanks uh thanks for bringing me on today ken i really appreciate it you are welcome anytime uh you know you always bring us great material with a raven slant other folks out there if you'd like to be on a film study short and uh discuss something you're passionate about and this is kind of ideal i mean this is a a fairly narrow topic but this is in tremendous depth within 25 minutes is exactly what i what i talk about sometimes if you've got anything that's it doesn't have to be analysis stuff it could just be something you're observing in the game hit me up dms on twitter are always open love to hear from you get you on really quickly uh arjun thanks again my friend Yep. Thanks again, Ken. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.